with whole life, you can amass hundreds of thousands of dollars. It can grow tax-free the way we access it, but then you can use it tomorrow. There's no, there's no penalty. We just use it via loans and via it's, it's just a part of the strategy. You're listening to the active duty, passive income podcast, the number one resource for active duty veterans and their families who want to learn how to build real wealth through real estate investing. Each week, we sit down with top military real estate investors, industry experts, and leaders who share their secrets to success in the real estate game. Now, get off your ass, get motivated, and take action to make your financial freedom dreams a reality. Hey, ADPI Nation, Kevin here. Before we jump into this week's episode, I wanted to take a moment to update you on all things ADPI. Whether you're a longtime listener or this is your first episode, you need to know that Active Duty Passive Income is more than just a podcast. With a free Facebook community of over 50,000 plus military real estate investors, a full-service lending division powered by Amnet, a nationwide network of military investor-friendly realtors, a growing whole-life insurance division, and comprehensive single-family and commercial multifamily investing academies and masterminds, ADPI is the hub for all things military real estate investing. Don't know where to begin? It's simple. Just head on over to www.militaryhousehacking.com to get a free copy of our number one best-selling book to jumpstart your real estate investing career. Now, let's start the show. Hey, how's it going, everyone? Kevin Brenner here, host of the Active Duty Passive Income Podcast. Got another fabulous guest for you today. We have our resident whole life insurance guru, Derek Morell, on board with us. And before you know, before you think, oh God, whole life insurance, it's so confusing. I can't do it. I don't know. I don't know. I want you to stop because that's what not really that's not what this episode's about. We're going to talk about Derek. We're going to talk about his background. We're going to talk about how he got started in real estate and the things that this guy has done in real estate are just like astounding. And then I'm going to have Derek not break down whole life insurance because we have a whole masterclass. Like if you want to learn the ins and outs, soup to nuts of what whole life insurance is, just go to activitypassiveincome.com slash resources, navigate to his free class. You can take it whenever you want. It's like exhaustive, in-depth, super awesome but not what we're here to talk about today. We're going to talk about tactical and practical tips on like how do real estate investors actually use whole life insurance to purchase more real estate and and to level up their own personal assets and net worth. Like that's what we're going to be doing because not only is Derek you know our guru, he he has gosh, I don't even know how many how many whole life insurance policies do you have? Like 6? I have 6 as of about two weeks ago, I got a couple more. So yeah, yeah, six. Six whole life insurance policies all have a specific purpose and he's going to break down kind of how that works and, and how he's setting himself up and his family up for future generations of, of wealth. And that's really what we're, we're what, what this podcast is going to break down. So Derek, without further ado, can you just, just jump right in um, and, and give us a, a brief history of your military background? Yeah, I appreciate it, Kevin. So I joined the Marine Corps right out of high school, like a lot of people do. I was enlisted. I did uh, one one term. It was just under five years. And that was coming out of coming out of high school. So by the time I was 22, I went to college. I got my undergrad in finance. I got an MBA and did some odd things here and there and got into eventually some law enforcement and got into, I was a special agent in the US State Department. And out of that, 
there was some needs to work on family stuff. So I jumped out and I went into full-time real estate. And probably about a year after I was in real estate, I started getting into this this concept of infinite banking or whole life insurance. And that's kind of what got everything started. Yeah. Now that's, and, and you're very modest. Uh, you, you skipped the like hundreds of doors and all of that stuff, but, <laughs> but like you jumping into, so at the time, just kind of taking this back, you, you know, you're working at the state department. Um, you're, you're kind of doing the law enforcement stuff. When did you first discover real estate as like, Hmm, like what was your aha moment of like, I don't have to be a government employee for, 20 to 40 years? Crazy answer here. <laughs> but when I applied to, to the federal law enforcement, right? I applied for once and then I, I didn't make it. And then I applied again a year later. I got accepted. I made the interviews, all that stuff. And then from the between the time I got accepted, it was a contingent offer. I was getting my medical and all that stuff. Crazy fluke thing happened, but I had to get my right kidney removed. Kind of crazy. And so... I was uh, in the hospital and I was kind of bummed out because I'm like, surely I can't do this job without two kidneys and all this stuff. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. It ended up, you, you can't do it as long as a lot of people only have one kidney. But I was in the hospital, it was late at night and I was on pain meds and I saw, you know, the little hospital TV, there was a real estate infomercials coming up. So I was already bummed out. I was like, what am I going to do? And so that came up and that that's what sparked the real estate conversation in my head. And then I, I went home, I researched some stuff, some stuff popped up. And then lo and behold, I still got into, I got the the clean bill of health from the doctors and then I went to the state department. But what happened was the US state department is very, I mean, we're overseas every, it's kind of like the military, every three years or so you move. Well, I was in Houston, the, the job brought us to Houston. It was my family and a couple of kids at the time and my wife. And we found that the travel was just, it was nuts. It was crazy travel. And then I was going to have to go overseas. My options were Afghanistan or Iraq for a year, basically. And I talked to my wife. I'm like, look, I'm 35 at, at this time. I was like, I can do this on a company tours and all that stuff. And then stay in the state department. We'll go overseas. Or if I'm going to jump out, I need to do it now while I'm still 35. I'm domestic. I can, I can get into stuff. So about a year out, we started, I was like, what about that real estate thing? So I got back into some 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 training, bought some mentorships, threw it on the credit cards, and started doing it with my government job. So lunch breaks, I was on the phone. After work, I was on the phone. Weekends, I was looking at houses, trying to figure the stuff out. And yeah, when my time at Houston came up, I just left everything. I jumped two feet. I had like 50K of credit card debt. My wife wasn't working like an income producing job. We just went for it. And that was around 20, that was the end of 2014. Wow. And and looking back, you know, playing Monday morning quarterback, the end of 2014 was like pretty much the bottom of the market, you know, of the last mm-hmm. cycle. So you got in, you know, you could look back and say, wow, like a really great time. But at the time, you don't know that. I mean, at the time you're, you got 50K in credit card debt, no job. And you're like, well, shit, <laughs> you know, like. Yeah. The, the, the only thing I had going was by this time I did. I got started in wholesaling, like flipping contracts, and I did maybe four deals. Up, nothing crazy, nothing major. However, it was proof of concept. It, like it actually worked. You always see the stories, the videos. Everyone else is doing it, and it's like, oh my goodness, it's so easy. It took me eight months to get my first deal, and I closed my first deal, a wholesale deal from China. Wow. 
because wow. my job sent me two months to China. I had two deals under contract. One deal we closed. I assigned it to another investor, basically. The other deal, uh, and I'm brand new, the other deal, the guy was, uh, the seller saw his pictures on Craigslist because some other wholesaler was going to help me. Well, they just took all my pictures and threw it on Craigslist. The seller found it. He was calling me, threatening me and all kinds of stuff. And I'm over in Shenyang, China, working out at the consulate at the time. <laughs> like, sorry, you got bad reception. <laughs> so that, yeah, that, that was my introduction. Yeah. And, and so, but I, I knew I could, you know, say I made 5k on a, on a, on a wholesale deal or something. I was like, well, how many of those do I have to do before I can at least equal income? Right. Yeah. And then maybe 10, 10, 15 I just believe of those. in myself, right? Yeah. 10, 15 yeah. of those. And you're like, Oh, yeah. okay. Like, it's not, it's not inconceivable. Um, and, and make no, I mean, I put that 50 K credit card debt. I mean, I was putting money, my marketing money, my, um, uh, mentorship stuff. And then I got a local Houston mentorship and that stuff's not, not cheap. So, yeah, but it, it, it all depends. And this is what we say in the action takers only mastermind is it all depends on how much action you're willing to take. Um, and sometimes the best people, you know, you perform best when your back's up against the wall because you really have no other options. Um, but it sounds like you got started, like a lot of, uh, a lot of the listeners here got started or, or get started with they're still in the military, you're still on a W2 and you're kind of doing it as a side hustle and you're working on that proof of concept and you're like, Hey, this works now, how do I scale it? And then you start saying like, Hey, I'm having more fun doing this, or it's, I have more family time or I have more, you know, whatever freedom, general freedom to go and, and, mm -hmm. and maybe step away from the W2. So yeah, no, that's, uh, that's an incredible story. So fast forward after you left the state department and you know, you're jumping in full time here, you had four deals closed. Did you continue with wholesaling? I did. So most of my, when you mentioned doors, so I, I don't own like hundreds of rentals, but I have done hundreds of deals. So um, a lot of those deals started with wholesaling, was really focused on wholesaling. I still wholesale because I think it's a great strategy. It's a great skill set. But as you, uh, as you get better as an investor, you can find, you can get a deal like a wholesaler, but then you can close it. Right. And it's already smoking hot because you might get, you might buy a deal from say the MLS or maybe another wholesaler and they're eating a lot of that, that equity. Right. So I learned how to hunt, I guess is what I like to say. And so I've done tons of wholesale deals. I've done a lot of owner finance deals. And so that that's my go-to kind of passive long-term stuff. And then I've done some, um, I've done flips. I don't really care for the the rehab stuff. It's just personality thing, but I will, you know, I'm an investor, right? So if it's a good deal, I'd rather buy and what some people call wholetail, right? You buy it, do very minimal stuff and then sell it. And that works in a hot market. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, that's just sure. my style, though. I don't like you know the less I can deal with contractors and stuff. That's, that's just my preference, right? So, yeah. yeah, no, that's that's awesome. So, at at the time of you closing, you know, or, or leaving the State Department, where does the whole life insurance kind of infinite banking you touched on it earlier? Like, where does that strategy start taking hold? And when did you say, okay, let me just try this out? Because it seemed like yeah. you're, you're trying a, a whole new skill set, a whole new job, a whole new career. And then you're like, oh, yeah, let me try out whole life insurance, too. Like, who introduced you to that? Yeah, good question. So the biggest – so I started in 2013. I was into the – I was still working in the State Department, but that's when I started getting my education, right? And 
one thing that really got me plugged into this whole world was just these investors. They look at stuff differently. I mean, they're talking, they don't do stock market for the most part, the real estate guys. They're doing, you know, self-directed IRAs, right? Like to me, that's pretty cool. It's pretty like, okay, I know what that is. But back then I blew my mind. Like you can buy a house with your IRA. You can lend out of your IRA, like all this stuff. And then you start learning what these investors are doing. Well, I remember hearing about, uh, there was a, a, a company that would do radio commercials at my job before the state department. It was, you know, becoming your own bank and all this stuff and really intriguing. Never knew what it was. And in 20, probably 20, that 2014, 13, 2014 timeframe, I'd run into the concept a few times, right? Whether it's on, you know, bigger pockets or different websites or whatever. So it just intrigued me. And what really intrigued me was that you had the naysayers are very strong and very vocal. Mm -hmm. And then you have people that are like, they swear by it. So the way my mind works, I'm like, well, what, what's the catch? Like, what am I missing here? Cause Dave Ramsey's bashing it. And then these other people, they're not idiots and they're doing it. And so I started studying and studying. I sat down with agents. I sat down with agents that were giving me a bunch of bull basically. And that just drove me to figure it out. Cause that's just the way my mind works. Right. And so by 2015, I pulled on, pulled the trigger on my first policy and I thought it was a good policy because I compared it to all the other agents and it was like way better than theirs. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, I think I found it. Well then like six months, a year later, I was looking at every agent I talked to. I'm like, Hey, can you run this for me? I still do. I still get illustrations to make sure I'm doing the best I can with what I'm doing. And uh, this other agent had a better policy than the one I bought. And I thought the one I bought was it was good. I didn't know there's a lot of backdoor game. You don't realize right? As a consumer, as a client, because it's a new, it's a new thing. No one really talks about it. Long story short, I was like, well, heck, I'm going to jump into your policy because these policies are for the rest of your life. And I was like, you're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars of difference, but I had to eat like 4,000 bucks. Mm-hmm. So the I transfer did pretty much. what we call it a 1035 exchange. You could take a, a less performing policy, take the cash value, no taxes and bring it to a new policy. And I did that. And I was okay eating a few thousand bucks because I'm looking future. I'm looking decades ahead. And that's kind of, so, so I found this agent that was pretty good and I got a couple with him and I would do videos about this stuff. I just love talking about it. I would do talks like this about it. Just, you know, I've only, be, I only became an agent and I know you probably hit that in a little bit, but I only became an agent because of ADPI. Yeah. Like I had no desire to be an agent. Yeah. And, and that was, yeah. And that, yeah, we'll, we'll touch on that in a minute, but I mean, could we, before we even touch on that, cause I don't want to like steal your thunder from the masterclass where you go like in depth with illustrations and slides. And like, I'm not asking you to do that, Sure, but is there a way where you can just briefly explain the general concept of whole life and infinite banking? And then, yeah. And, th- and then we'll, then, we'll, then I want to talk about the kind of practical and tactical tips that you can give to real estate investors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Easy question. uh, A lot of broad ways to take it. So let me try to break this down. Super simple. Whole life insurance. It is, let me say this. And I like to, I like to set it up this way. If someone went to you, Kevin, and said, you know, IRAs suck. Mm -hmm. IRAs are so stupid. Well, you might ask them, well, what do you mean? Like, who's your IRA with? 
what do you, what is your IRA invested in? Is it a mutual, like mutual funds? Like, what is it, right? Why does it suck? And you'll always find it's the investment that probably sucks. The IRA is just a box, an empty box that, that the IRS came and said, all right, if you do this and this and this, you have these tax benefits, but you have to, here are the rules. It's like a vehicle. Whole yeah. life insurance. Yeah, here's the vehicle. The whole life insurance the same way. It's just a product in the life insurance industry. It's a bucket. If you abide by these rules, there's less rules, but if you abide by these rules and you don't cross certain lines, the IRS is cool and it's tax benefited and all this stuff. It's just the vehicle that we use. It happens to be in life insurance. Not that we love life insurance, but long story short, if you had $30,000 in the bank and you wanted to buy anything, call it a car, you're going to buy a $30,000 car. Your $30,000 goes from 30,000 to zero. Okay. And you buy a car and then maybe you throw money back in to backfill the 30 K and buy another car in five years. I don't know. Well, whole life is you might have that same 30K, you, you you get 30K in what we call our cash value, okay? Cash value is money we can use as investors or as whoever and use it today, right? However, that money, the way we access it's tax-free forever. However, here's the catch. If I had $30,000 in my cash value, I would take a loan from the insurance company. They would give me 30K from the life insurance company, my 30K in my policy never goes anywhere. So it's always continually and ever ever increasing and compounding. The life insurance company gives me the 30K. They send it to my bank, just cash. So I go buy the car, 30K cash. The life insurance company is going to charge me a small interest rate. And then I, what we teach is being good bankers, I'm going to start paying myself back because that's what I want to do. I'm going to give myself interest and I'm going to start paying myself back. Now people are, people say, well, you know, they hear loans and payback. Like, why would I do that? Well, if you take 30 K from a checking account or savings account, if you start throwing 500 bucks a month in there to, to, to put money back in, like that's a payment, right? You, you finance everything you buy. People don't realize this. Every major so, purchase. Every major. Yeah. And, and so when, by the time I pay that 5k uh, 30k back, well my policy's still growing at say, you know, between 4 and 6%. That 30k never lost its spot in the compound curve versus this guy goes to zero, he wasn't making anything anyway. And we're not even talking inflation and things like that. So that's what we are after with what we're doing. It's a vehicle that protects that money, it grows tax free and we can access it. It's just like equity on a house. We can take loans against our equity. However, whole life insurance, still life insurance. There's a big death benefit that's much larger than any money you have in there. Um, it offers you protection, liability protection. Most states, every state's a little different, but there's most states have creditors can't come after your cash value. There's protections there. Anonymity, no one knows you have it. You can have a million dollars in there. No one knows. And it's not on the bank's ledgers anywhere or anything so like, like that. No debt There's to income other benefits, ratio so. stuff like, yeah, when they're Correct. looking at you. Okay. Now let me ask you this. What are the haters saying? Oh, the haters are saying buy term and invest the difference. The haters are saying uh, whole life's stupid, whole life's dumb. And here's what I would tell the haters. And, and I break this down in my, uh, in my class. But here's what I found early on. I said there was people that that say it's stupid and there's people that are saying it's really smart. Well, here's what I found. 
awe-inspiring, right? They're both right. <laughs> because whole life, remember, it's just a product. You can have a crappy whole life policies. In fact, most of them are most of them are crappy. Imagine putting imagine putting ten thousand dollars or five thousand dollars a year into this thing and having zero cash value on year one, zero cash value on year two. And you can't etc. That's what probably 60, 70% of whole life policies are. And I would agree that those are not good for the vast majority of people out there. You're going to have a big death benefit, but the buy term and invest the difference people, what they're saying is, well, if you just went after death benefit, get term insurance because it's cheap. I agree. And then take the difference of what you're paying for term, what you would have paid for the whole life and throw that into mutual funds or throw that into the market. And so even though at the face of it, it sounds like a good strategy, what we are doing, in my opinion, crushes any of those strategies because our cash value is growing as maximized as possible from year one. The way I set up anyone's policy is the same way I would set up mine, my wife's, my family's. And I often say, that these policies are are savings accounts on steroids. Because hmm. look, 4 to 6% right now, ooh, it's not, okay. But even 4 to 6% for a savings vehicle is massive. Yeah, compared in to fact, the, compared to the some, half a percent or whatever that uh, your bank is giving you. And, and, and someone that's getting, say someone's in a mutual fund that's a taxable account, they'd have to make 7% or so just to match what we're making. And that's a major major thing right there. And when I take the cash value, what I take the cash value and put it in are my investments. That's when you make infinite returns or you make 12% or 10% or whatever. And that's the cool piece because we are real estate investors. So the people listening to the show are most likely real estate investors or want to be real estate investors or current investors, doesn't matter. So going back to that example where the person's like, oh, I need to get a car. I can either go reach into my bank, get $30,000 and go down to $0 and have, you know, a base level Tesla or whatever those are. I don't know what those costs. I'm just throwing that out there. All this Elon news is on my brain. Uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah. the... uh, uh I'll or, tweet it later. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'll tweet it later. Or or you can use your the cash value of your policy they give you a loan, goes right to your bank account, you buy the car, but your policy is still growing. So imagine of instead of buying a car, which is utilitarian, but let's be honest, it's probably not an asset unless it's like a Bentley or like some supercar that sure. like yeah. you know people are syndicating now, which is a whole other conversation, tokenizing. It's probably not an asset, right? So if you used the cash value, the loan you got to go and you leverage that cash value to go and buy an asset, even with financing, like say, oh, I need $30,000 for a down payment on a, on a house that's going to cash flow a couple hundred bucks Bingo. a month. Or even better, I need $30,000 for a down payment on a short-term rental that's going to cash flow a couple thousand dollars a month. Then you simply pay yourself back. You pay yourself, you pay the loan back that you took from yourself and your policy is still growing and you have an asset for yourself. So it's a, it, it, at the end of the day, for the listeners out there, it is a great way to uh, fund and grow. And like anything, 
It just depends on what you're using the money for. It's kind of like the conversations we have about HELOCs, right? People mm-hmm. ask all the time, well, should I cash out refi or should I get a HELOC? Well, what are you going to use the money for? I mean, if you don't know and you want to capture the equity, get a HELOC because you only you only get you know interest rate on the money that like when you use it. Otherwise, it'll just sit there and that's cool. Uh, on a cash out refi, if you don't know what you're going to do, you're going to get you're going to start paying money on it. So I, I don't recommend doing that unless you have a specific direction you want to go with it. With this, I mean, you know, Derek, how how quickly can you get these loans? Like, say you're like, oh man, I, I want to close a house in in two weeks. Do you think you'll be able to get get a loan from your life insurance policy? Oh yeah, if you if you have the money in there, all the life you, is a simple loan request. All the life insurance company does is they look at your requests. All right, you want thirty k? They'll look at your cash value. Okay, he has. They might give you if it's year one, maybe like ninety five percent of it. But sure. As you get down the road, it's like ninety eight, ninety nine percent. Yeah, they look at it and they're like, okay, cool. And you'll have the money within two to five business days has been my experience. Usually it's on the earlier side of that. Yeah, just, they just wired right to your you bank. Know. No problem. There you go. Yeah, and if you need, if it's like an emergency, like, oh my goodness, I'm closing tomorrow, then you can call them up and wire it. You'll just have to pay like the wire fee. Right, but, right. The, the 40 bucks you know. or whatever it is. But yeah, I, I mean, that that's, that's a super, super powerful tool. So again, if you're listening to this podcast and you want to get really into the weeds on this, Go to ActiveDutyPassiveIncome.com slash resources. There you'll see all of our free masterclasses and resources from uh, from my masterclass about you know how to how to build a cash flow machine to I believe we call in yours the cash flow accelerator, uh, the the savings account on steroids. Like that that is a completely free yeah. hour long masterclass that you know this is the stuff that we provide you because this is the stuff that literally changes lives. Um, and I mean, I don't know how long it took you to learn all of this, Derek, but I venture to guess you didn't figure it out in 45 minutes. No, no, de- definitely not. Definitely not. Um, you know, takes a while. It, it's, I, I tell people all the time, look, it's a, it's complicated just because it's new and we don't understand it. And, and, Agents, a lot of agents drive me up the wall because it's one of those industries where I could sit across from you. And if I really wanted to, I could talk all platitudes and say, this is what Walt Disney did. And this is what JC Penny, how he funded his, his business. And then pitch you some IUL policy that's connected to the index market, which that happened to me, right? Some guy was pitching that and telling me all this other stuff. Without telling you all the specifics, like I, I've actually on calls with people, I've I've went down, screen shared and showed them my policies. I'm like, look, this is the same exact thing I'm doing. Here's what I do. Here's what happens when you start getting a hundred k plus. You can get loans from the bank at even cheaper rates. Hundred percent. I have a hundred percent LTV against a nice chunk of money on cash value. So the more you get in these things, the more it opens up to opportunities. And look, I don't even try to sell people on this stuff. No hard selling. All I ask is my biggest fear. Let me say it this way. My biggest fear is someone hears my masterclass. They hear us talking and then they're like, oh, my cousin sells whole life insurance. And then they go to him and they get some policy. It sucks. And they don't know the number. They don't, they don't understand the mechanics of it. And then they get into a bad policy. So I always tell people, let us at least run a comparison because I already know that what the results are going to be. Yeah. So 
the numbers sell themselves because we're willing to do, not because we have secret insurance company, we're not the insurance company, but we are willing to do what other agents aren't, period. And that's maximize the policies, which means we make far less money than our competitors. Like fractional. Which it sounds backwards. And, and there's ways agents, you know, the worse policy you get, the more money they make. Yeah. Yeah, the the money is the same. It's just whose pocket it ends up in, you know, it, like in in any type of transaction. And you know that what's kind of the genesis of ADPI insurance was to provide a service for our members because our members are just like us. We have no interest in like you know, oh, let's rip these people off. No, like that's not how it works. Like that's why we, you know, it doesn't make any sense. So if again, if you're interested, go to adpi.com/resources. Find Derek's course, take that. Now, let's talk about how to apply this. Say someone has has a policy already, and let's let's talk about some ways that you personally, Derek, have applied your policy to to further your real estate investing career. Yeah, yeah. So one thing to remember when you have these policies set up is you build that cash value. It's a bucket of cash that you can access because you get loans against it, just like equity, right? So it would be like if I had a rental house, free and clear, say it's worth 100K and I'm using banks, you know, they're not going to give you 100% LTV, but you might, you know, 70%. Yeah, might get 70, 80%. Yeah. Yeah. So it'd be like if I, I'm going to tap that to go buy stuff. So I'm doing the same thing. It's, it's not that the the whole life policy is buying you know, the whole life policy is not buying it. You could buy the same house if you have the same amount of cash in the bank. So if you had to go to the 30,000, if you had 30,000 here and 30,000 in your whole life policy and you, you needed 30K for a down payment on a rental, on a turnkey or whatever it is. All right. One deal, 30K, 30K, what's the difference, right? Well, okay. However, as I replenish, I'm able, and I could break it down, I'm able to end up doing double what other people can do because they only have so much cash. And even if they even if they um, replenish it, or even if they take loans, another person might say, well, I don't have cash, but why would I take a loan against my own money? I'm going to take a loan against the bank. Okay, well, now you, you have money with them. I mean, the money... The money flows where it flows. All we're doing is changing the environment of our money. So I'll take a I'll take a loan against my policy because once one dollars in my policy, tax free, liability protection, it buys death benefit, legacy building, all these other benefits. The cash value is a huge one. The money's working in two places at once. So I'll take a loan, and I've I've bought houses even early on. I bought cheap houses, you know, buy a house for 10, 15 K, like a little, little beater house in the middle of nowhere, whatever I would take a loan, just all right, buy, pay cash. Now, why would I want to have a significant amount of money in a bank? The only reason people do it is because if one, they don't have anywhere else they can put it and access it. Obviously if they put it in the market, you know, they it's can not, maybe take li- it yeah, out, it's but it's a little liquid, but it's, it's not up and like, down. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's not protected. It could lose money. People rave about the um, FDIC insurance, which is okay, cool. If that bank shuts down, but what happens if all the banks shut down? The government doesn't have enough 
insurance to give everyone their money back and all the accounts at all at one time. I mean, if one bank goes under, maybe, yeah. So not to mention liability. If you get, say you get sued, you have rentals and you get sued and you lose and they can come after your money at the bank with court order and stuff like that. You can't do that with, with whole life. So even from a mechanical standpoint, it's a good setup, but I'm just using the money. I'll put it in my deals and I'll pay myself back through the deals. I take early on, I had four flips I was doing, talk about rehabs and I was getting defrauded on those flips by over six figures with a uh, contractor investor. No, an investor, wait, an investor partner who was taking, taking the contracting role and he was taking the escrow. I had all private lenders Uh and he was taking escrow money that we had set aside. And so he would take, you know, 10 K 20 K draws and they weren't going in our houses. They're going elsewhere. Oh, whoa. And by the time I found out it was already pretty deep in it. So I had to come in. Fortunately, he deeded me his interest. So we didn't have to fight that. But then I just took, it was my lenders. I wanted to protect them. Three of the four didn't even know it was happening. So I just paid them like normal. One of them, you know, he'd be driving by the house and asking questions. I had told him, None of them lost money. They got everything they were supposed to get. But I started and I had some whole life policies at the, or one or two, I can't remember at the time. And I was able to use that money to help me offset some of the costs. It didn't cover everything. But because it was whole life insurance, say I grabbed 20K, 30K, whatever it was, that money was still growing in my policy. So as I was able to get money back, maybe a year later, you know, I could backfill my loans. I don't have, so that's the other thing. I don't have to pay the loans that I take from the life insurance company. I don't have to make payments on that. There is no, when we say loans, it's kind of a, in a way, a misnomer because everyone thinks loans, the banks and all this paperwork and credit checks. No, it's not the way it works with these insurance companies. You already have the cash in there. That's their collateral. There is, there are no loan docs. There's no payment schedule. There's no UO, you know, $372 a month. And if you don't pay none of that, we set that up. We teach how to set that up and be a good banker. We call the concept bankonomics. We call our product, the cash flow accelerator. And the only reason we call it the cash flow accelerator is to differentiate ourselves. It's all, it's whole life insurance In other companies you'll see infinite banking. Those are just marketing pieces of their their products, right? Or whatever. So we have one to differentiate ourselves. We want to stand out and that that's how it works. And so when, when we say we're taking it to use it on real estate, it's not that there's these secret strategies. It's that it's the utility of the money, the growth of the money, the protection times decades times. I can look when I'm 80 years old and know approximately if nothing much changes how much I'll have in cash value, mm-hmm. what my death benefit would be. I'm essentially buying a piece of my wealth on day one because I have this thing that doesn't change. It doesn't fluctuate with the markets. It doesn't go down. It's pretty, I mean, it's pretty solid and pretty cool. Want to learn how you can invest passively alongside ADPI leaders like me? Keep listening to find out more. Hey, ADPI Nation. With surging inflation on the heels of the COVID-19 pandemic, uncertainty about rising interest rates, and global geopolitics disrupting the world's oil and natural gas supply, 
it's no surprise that stock market volatility is at an all-time high. That's why so many investors have been turning to hard assets like commercial real estate to protect and grow their wealth. In fact, over the past 15 years, commercial real estate as a whole has outperformed top market investment indices and IRAs, including some of the TSP funds. Until now, getting into private commercial real estate deals was reserved for the super rich, but that's all about to change. That's why I'm so proud to announce ADPI Capital's Equity Fund One a new private fund offering for military real estate investors seeking access to a diversified portfolio of high-yield commercial real estate, all owned and operated by the ADPI leadership team. When you invest in our unique no-fee model, you'll gain access to some of the most coveted commercial real estate deals on the market, earn quarterly cash flow distributions, hedge risk through diversification, receive annual K-1s from our in-house accounting team, and be able to easily keep tabs on your investment with regular project updates posted to our streamlined investor portal. With minimums starting at just $500, it's never been easier for the military community to earn passive income with commercial real estate. Plus, when you invest within the first million dollars of Equity Fund One, you'll boost your overall return through ADPI Capital's bonus share program. Want to learn more? Text ADPI to 33777 today to get more info on ADPI Capital and Equity Fund One. That's ADPI to 33777. Now, let's get back to the show. The following communication is not intended to and shall not constitute an offer to sell or the solicitation of an offer to sell or the solicitation of an offer to buy any securities. No offer of security shall be made except via the Regulation A offering statement to be filed by the company with the SEC. Consequently, no money or other considerations being solicited and if sent in response will not be accepted. No offer to buy the securities can be accepted and no part of the purchase price can be received until the company's Regulation A offering statement is qualified by the SEC and any such offer may be withdrawn or revoked without obligation or commitment of any kind at any time before the notice of its acceptance given after the qualification date. Your indication of interest involves no obligation or commitment of any kind. So let me, let me ask you a few things here. So, you, you know, you kind of walk through an example of how you were able to do four flips at once. And you, when you were in a pinch with, with a partner, you're, you went and access your whole life, uh, the cash value in your whole life. How long does it take to build up this cash value? Because I presume when you're setting up, when you first, if you have, if there's listeners out there that have zero whole life insurance policies right now. And they're like, wow, this cash value thing's really, it sounds really great. One of the top questions we get in today's market and in all of our masterminds, whether that's the Military Multifamily Academy or, you know, Operation Adam Action Shakers Only Mastermind is, for the single family folks, is how do I get the capital to get started in this? And what you're saying here is there's a potential solution, but how long does it take to build up this level of cash value? Because you got to contribute to it. It's not like you just start it and, the, and they're like, hey, here's $100,000. Thanks for signing up. Right. <laughs> yeah. So how does that work? Yeah, good, good question. So at the end of the day, a lot of it's based on how much money you have. There's people that put hundreds of thousands of dollars or even millions of dollars a year into this stuff. Obviously, their cash value is going to be pretty high, pretty quick. Then there's there's people that Month to month, they put a few hundred bucks a month in, in into it. What we found, and I tell people this all the time, is if you have a good, not even a sweet spot, but a good low number, just to give people an idea, is probably around 300 bucks a month. That's not a hard rule. But if you have 300 bucks a month, which is 3,600 a year, mm-hmm. I think it's it's good to start one because it's efficient at that point. If someone ha- comes to me and says, Hey, I got 80 bucks a month or 75 bucks a month, like leftover in their as budget. An agent, yeah. 
Yeah. As an agent, I could totally, I could totally sell them if I wanted to. I could be one of those agents that say yes to everything, but I'll tell them no, because it's not going to benefit them. And, and the reason is it's efficiency. When you have that much or like 75 bucks, hundred bucks, even 150 bucks, they're just not as efficient. I'd rather, I'd rather have that person save that money get a side hustle or get something to get an extra couple hundred bucks. So you can get around 300 bucks. I mean, it doesn't have to be right at 300 to start one. Now, what I learned after I got into these things is money that I already had, I could flow into the policy. So one thing I teach is about flowing money. So imagine doing flips and uh, you close a flip and, you know, you got to think about taxes in the future, right? So you might take a chunk of that money. Maybe you're following profit first system or something, mm-hmm. right? You take a chunk and you stick it in an account. Yeah. Stick it in a whole separate so, account. Like, Hey, 15% yeah. of the profits I just gained from the, of this hundred thousand dollars. You know, if you're boom. exactly. And if you're doing, yeah, it could be thousands and thousands of dollars. But one day I was like, ding, ding, ding. What am I going to do with that? Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to fund my policies with it because then when it's time to use it, I could take loans against it. And, and pay back. But I knew at this point, this wasn't day one, but after a couple of years, I start figuring stuff out. I knew that every dollar I put in, these policies are in there forever. No one could take it out unless I just lapsed the thing. Wouldn't it make sense? I also knew something about three years into this thing. So on year one, you're, you're taking a little bit of a haircut. You're in a negative position. What I mean by that is it's kind of like I compare it to a down payment on a house. You buy a $100,000 rental, you get a loan. The bank's like, all right, you got to come up at 20%, 20K, whatever it is. All right, cool. Well, we look at that. It's not like, oh my goodness, the, the loan company's taking my money and stealing my money. It's, it's, that's it's just cost of doing business is what it is. You know, you know yeah, you're going to get it back through rents, all, all the features. Same thing here. Um, however, we keep that as minimal as we possibly can. So you might, if you put $10,000 in, you're going to have roughly give or take 80% of that on year one, which again, most companies are 0%. The ones that say they're good are 40% or whatever. So we have that number, but by year three, year over year, every dollar you put in from year three is about equal. Year four onward, every dollar you put in spitting out a dollar or more that year on the other side. So I knew that once I got to year three for the rest of my life, it just keeps growing and getting more efficient and the the amount of money that I'm making on there is growing. So all I all I knew I had to do is get past the first two, three years if I needed to. But the the compare it, people want to compare term insurance and all this stuff. And, and there's a place for term and we can talk about that later if you want. But, you know, if someone gets a million dollar term policy, pays 75 bucks a month and does it for 30 years, let's say, I mean, he's still out almost 30,000 bucks. Sure. Yeah. Right. If someone paid 10 K a year into their whole life, if you look at the first year, second year, and maybe the little bit of the third year, he's out four thousand bucks because it's front loaded. His death benefit will start a lot lower than the guy with a million. But I can guarantee you, in thirty years, the whole life guy he'll have way more than a million in death benefit. 
And he'll have all the cash. The term insurance guy goes away, right? Yeah. And the whole life guy keeps growing. The death benefit grows and grows every year. It's like appreciation on a house. So by the time you are 80 years old, you know, when we're 80, we might be thinking a little differently than we are now, maybe with family or giving money or legacy, you know, things change as you get older with family and stuff like that. And it's the beauty of it. It's, it's, it all fits. It all fits with the investor lifestyle. Um, it fits with the protection. It fits with the crazy stuff in the economy. There's a little hedge against inflation with it. I mean, there's, there's so many benefits to it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it is, it is really, really incredible. And it's a great, like I said, it's a great way for funding. So pretty much it takes about, it sounds about three years to, to not realize the cash value. Say you're putting, say you're aggressive with it. Say you're putting $10,000 in a year, right? And year three, you put $30,000 into this. At what point can you go and say like, okay, I'd like to take a loan against this to go buy a piece of real estate? You you can take a loan pretty much immediately. Like you, you put the $10,000 so, in and you say, hey, I'd like to take a loan. And they're going to be like, oh, okay, cool. Instead of giving you 100% of your cash value being $10,000, they're like, uh, I'll give you 90% because you're brand new to the game. Is that? Yeah, so if you put... So let's talk year one. Year one is always the scary year because it's the the worst year, so to speak. Ours is way better than other companies, but let's just use us. You put 10000 in. By the end of year one, you'll have, if it's a healthy person, 30-year-old, let's just say they'll have 80%-ish, maybe a little higher. So let's call it $8,000 by the end of year one. So that means if you put 10000 in today, Maybe it's uh, 70, I don't know, 75, 7,700, and it creeps up to 8,000 by the end of year one. Whatever the cash value is, you can get a loan right away. But if they if they pull up your account and says, all right, you have 7,800 bucks in there. Yeah, they might give you 95-ish percent of that if you're looking for an immediate loan. So you can access most of it right away if you needed to. Um, and I talk with clients about that. I'm like, I mean, this is the way it works. I'm very transparent. I show them how it's chunked up, where the money's going. Um, if someone comes to me and says, Hey, I have 10,000 in the bank, but here I need, I need 10,000, you know, in three months to do a, you know, I'm redoing my basement or my attic or something. Well, I tell them, I'm like, well, if you put 10,000 in this, you're not going to have the full 10 available. Yeah. Most of it. So that, that those are things we talk about. We talk through and talk about, but those first few years, you're we call it capitalizing our bank, and we can still use it. I can use pol- I can use loans from one policy to pay for another policy. Yeah, it's just accessing money however you want. The life insurance company never asks you what the loan's for. Right. So so you you have freedom in in that sense, Derek. What are some other tips or or tricks or something that you've used uh, mixing these policies with real estate and helping people maybe grow their portfolio? Is there any other hacks out there that you can think of? Yeah, well, you know, as if you look at it this way, so obviously, if you go to a home seller and you offer cash for their house or something, that, that's a pretty big deal. If you're trying to use it for a negotiation, especially a distressed seller, that's a good point. So, you know, yeah, if we're talking, you know, someone's putting 4,000 bucks a year into this, yeah, the it's going to grow at that ratio. If someone's putting 100,000 a year, you're going to have 80k plus that first year. Now, imagine doing this for several years. So you have a few hundred thousand dollars in this thing. 
Well, most people, where do most people keep their significant chunks of money, especially, you know, maybe it's the TSP or 401ks or IRAs. And there's people that have, they're millionaires on paper, but they can't access it, right? It's it's the glass house. They look at it. They look at their account. Yeah. Well, with whole life, you can amass hundreds of thousands of dollars. It can grow tax-free the way we access it, but then you can use it tomorrow. There's no, there's no penalty. We just use it via loans and via it's, it's just a part of the strategy and it's, you're not losing money getting a loan because the loan might have an interest, but you're making interest here. Right. And then it's still growing. So the, the trick, my thing is I want to pack as much as I can in these part of it's just for protection and, and, and everything. There's also early on as an investor, when I started getting a little bit more aggressive and I, I put a decent chunk of money in this stuff, you know, a lot of agents don't have any policies and, you know, <laughs> shocking. I show people a lot of real estate yeah. agents don't own real estate investments. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you always have to be careful on that stuff. Right. And so my second policy, I think was like 25 K a year. And at the time I was self-employed. I'm like, all right, well, I got 25 K now, but you know, what happens next year if something, I don't have it. Sure. So my, my question was, and it's a natural question. What happens in three, four, five, ten years? Something happens, God forbid, and I can't afford whatever that number is. And if I have six policies, mm-hmm. those they all add up. They're all there's due dates in all of them, right? Well, I found that there's a chunk of money, maybe call it twenty percent or so, that has to be paid to satisfy the insurance company, right? To keep the policy what they call in force, meaning it's not canceled. So that means like on my 25K policy, there's a $6,000 chunk of money that I have to pay to keep this thing alive. So if I ran into a year that I just got annihilated in real estate, something, I don't know, crazy stuff happened. It's fifth year, sixth year, 10th year. I can come up with 6K and be totally fine. I don't have to come up with the full 25K of that. And then the following year, I can backfill and stuff like if I miss some time. So I was able to start being more aggressive because now I know, and I'm more aggressive now, because now I know how I know how the game's played. So I just got policies on my kids. Oh, wow. We have policies on um, my wife. So, we so have, that means the policy on your children, that means that you're adding money to this policy, right? And when now, mm-hmm. do, do, are they uh, younger than 18? Is, does that matter? Yeah. Okay. So, so 12 and under. So they're, okay. Yeah. So they're legitimate children. My kids are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that means at some point you'll be able to probably trust this over to them in some way, shape or form, and they'll have access to whatever the cash value is in to, to go and do something. If they need it, if they want to get into real estate, they can purchase assets. If they have an emergency, they can, you know, they, they have this safety yeah. net. Uh, it, and it's even, it's even better than that. I mean, so on these policies, you could basically, be two parties of the policy. So the policy is you have the owner of the policy. That's the person who calls up the agent, sets it up, pays the bills, whatever you have the insured, which is the person whose life is the insured, the insurance company underwrites based on their life. If they die, the policy gets paid. And then you have the beneficiary who's receiving the money. If something were to happen and a death benefit gets paid, you could be two of those. You could be the owner you could be the insured. Um, 
you can't be the insured and the beneficiary because one party's dying, the other person's gaining. (laughs) But so like with the kids, right? I'm the owner. The kid, the child is the insured. It's their life that's protecting. And then the beneficiary, let's say it's me and my wife, right? So that's how how we have it set up. As the owner, I I could transfer this policy to you if I wanted to. I could transfer the policy to anyone I want once it's set up. Mm-hmm. I can transfer it, like you said, to a trust. But what we're doing, and I think this is very important, is as our kids are young, part of what we're doing with the policies is I'm going to allocate. You know, we sit down and have a bank meeting and stuff, make it kind of cool. And I allocate money and and they they can use up to a certain amount, but they have to pay it back. And I start teaching them mm-hmm. simple banking, right? Like there's always – yeah, we can use money, but it's not just free money. There's always, you know, we're going to pay it back and we we break that down. Now, yeah, I, I could say when they're 21, I'm going to give them the policy. I'm not going to personally do that, though. If anything, I'll either control it and let them allocate it to each one to use or whatever, if they buy a car or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you could totally put these in trusts at some point and then the trust owns it. And then you can have rules around the trust so no one can come in. You know, you don't get a rogue child that comes in and tries to steal all the money and stuff. There's rules like you can use it for investing, education, you, you can loan your house, you can X, Y, and Z, but you can't use it for these things. And there's actual things you can set up and you have to have trustee and all that good stuff. But I mean, there, there's a lot of, that's a lot of the richer families. They have all these mm-hmm. estate planning tools that they're to protect their money, right? From the rogue, the rogue child coming in and taking all the money. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. And and you brought something up there. Um, the, the most wealthy people in the world have, or at least the most wealthy people in America who have access to these policies have these policies and the entire whole life insurance concept, uh, was, was thought up of by, was it Carnegie and the Rockefellers and like the, the rich, you know, the old money, if you will, those people, cause they're trying to figure out well, how the heck am I going to preserve my wealth for future generations? And yeah, you know, they kind of built the system. You had the, um, yeah. And there's, there's a book, what would the Rockefellers do? And you had the Rockefellers still manage billions of dollars today as a family. Cause they have now at that level, you have what they call family offices sure. and you can actually hire attorneys and stuff. Right. Like we're a small microcosm of that, but then you have families like the Vanderbilts who were crazy rich but they've all but squandered most of the money, right? They might have a millionaire or something here and there, but most of that family money is not anywhere close to what the Rockefellers did. And that's because of planning tools and things like that, but using devices like this, absolutely. These vehicles, there's not, if any, I don't know. I mean, most vehicles today are the typical, um, there's a few products in life insurance, but again, the masses do what they do. Mutual funds, 401k, TSP. It's because it's, it's what you see on TV. It's what you know. Yeah. You know? It's what it's what gets sold. It's what makes a lot of money for um, the people selling them, right? You're not going to see, you know, stuff like what we're doing. The, the life insurance companies are very conservative companies too. I guess some might market, but the ones we use have been around since like 1800s. And there's a reason um, for that. <laughs> Because <laughs> they're, yeah, they're, they're, they're like some of the, the strongest yeah. companies in America, right? And banks, here's a dirty secret too. Banks have tons of life insurance. They take tier one capital and they park it with life insurance companies because it's so safe. Yeah. 
So they have bank-owned life insurance. They'll buy life insurance on executives. And you can also work this into businesses and you can um, have like an employee benefit. You can protect if you have partners in a company. You can, if me and you owned a company Mm -hmm. and we all had, we both had a piece of it, we might cross-insure each other because if one of us were to pass away, it would be like a big hit to the company. So then you have money to, to float, maybe to hire another person, a specialist or something like that. So there's all kinds of stuff. It makes us think more in the future, not so much like tunnel vision on today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and it's crazy, you know, you make the, at the end of the day, any type of this product, really any investing you know, in anything, time is your best friend here. So mm-hmm. the earlier you learn about these things, you go down, you know, this little rabbit hole, maybe you take Derek's course uh, and you just watch it and you say like, okay, you know, and maybe have a call or something. There's no pressure. It doesn't matter, but it's, it's just about, Hey, are you going to you know start this soon or, or later? I mean, because you mentioned it earlier, it's like, okay, 300 bucks, 300 bucks a month. If you have 300 bucks a month residual after you do your budget and you do everything, which I would venture to guess a lot of people do, you know, a lot of people do, you can get started in this. And it may mm-hmm. be the best decision that you've ever made because 20 years down the road, that 300 bucks might be a million, you know? And in a year later, if you're like, well, now I can afford 600. Yeah, oh, sure. Well, you get another policy. Like there's no, people are like, how, always ask me, how many policies can I get? Because so, we're so used to rules like mm-hmm. IRA. You can only put 6,000 a year. Mm-hmm. We're so used to that, right? Well, I often say if you're a real estate investor, how many rental houses can you buy? Yeah. There is no rule. It's based on your profile, right? Maybe it's based on how much money you can come up with or whatever. Same with life insurance. There's a there's a minimal factor where they'll pretty much give it to you as long as you pass health and stuff. And then once you hit a limit, they might be like, All right, like that's you're getting into several million of death benefit. So tell me a little bit about your net worth. So you you know, you give them some information or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um but one of the most important things I can recommend people either they don't have the money now um, or, or maybe one person gets whole life, but they don't have money for maybe two spouses. Right. Well, we use term insurance. We, if we do term insurance through the carriers that we use, it's, it's term insurance is term insurance. It's, mm-hmm. it's not expensive. However, here's the catch. If you do it through like one of our carriers that we use, we can convert that into whole life. Oh, when you're ready. Any time during the term. Now, why would someone do that? I could think of a couple of reasons. One is one is you just want term because you want term. There's term people out there that, that, that you're never going to change their mind, right? Now, the other thing is you don't have the money today, but you know you want to do this and you believe that you'll have money later. So you sure. get a term insurance policy, you're paying 30, 40, 50 bucks, depending on how, how big it is. And then we can convert that death benefit into whole life later. It's awesome. Anytime during the term. So if it's a 20 year term, you have 20 years to do this. Mm-hmm. The third thing, and this might be the most important, your health can change. Yeah. So if I buy it, if you buy a term insurance policy today for a million dollar term and you're paying 60, 75 bucks a month, whatever it is, um, if in five years you're like, hey, we got some money. I want to convert this 
And we can convert part of it or all of it into a whole life policy and start doing the cash value. But then you're like, but hey, here's the thing. Like I came down with some ailment that a life insurance company would typically deny you over, right? Maybe major, major heart issues or something. I don't know. Doesn't matter. You're in because the medical is based off of the medical that you did for the term policy. In the beginning. So whether it was five years ago, 10 years ago, you're in the door. Now they're going to go off your, your age today, but your medical, you can have a disease. I mean, you're in. You don't have to mess with it, which is huge because people don't realize this as we get older. If we do come down with something, then we can't get you can't get a policy like this. Now, you can always get a policy. You know, you can get a policy on your kids, wife. I mean, you can still do the banking function. But if you wanted to get health uh, insurance on, on you for your family, because the, benef- the, the death benefit, that's not why we're doing this, but it's still like, okay, it's still part of the 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 whole concept is just it's an added part but that's not we optimize it for cash value because that's how we can that's how we can get more assets we can optimize it yeah, yeah totally. and the death benefit naturally is a little bit lower the way we do it but that's on purpose because there's ratios and all the stuff I won't get in the weeds on that yeah and, and but same with kids right so so the kids if they get unhealthy yeah they have life insurance sure and kids are much more like you hit compound so when I say 300 a month, I'm not saying you have to do the kids for 300 a month because they're going to be a different level of optimization. Like, they, yeah. you know, if they're eight years old, they have a long time. So you could do less than 300 if you didn't have it mm-hmm. on a child. Of course, they have compound in their whole lives. And so it's, this is whole life is permanent life insurance is for your whole life unless you just stop paying it or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this has been super educational as always, Derek. Um I think you've dropped an incredible amount of nuggets here. Uh, for folks listening who want to hear more, uh, number one, obviously, watch the masterclass. What's the masterclass called? It's uh, the the Cash Flow Accelerator Masterclass. All right, Cash Flow Accelerator Masterclass. So when you go to activitypassiveincome.com slash resources, scroll down until you get to Cash Flow Accelerator Masterclass. There'll be a big, beautiful picture of your face uh, on there. Go ahead and 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 click on that. It's like what forty five minutes to an hour. Not you know about the length of this podcast. It's around an hour. There's some Q and A at the end, so it might be a hair over. But it's yeah. But but it's focusing deep diving the the whole you know the five W's of 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 whole life insurance. And for folks who you know maybe don't want to have a more personal conversation with you, how can they get in touch with you? Yeah. Um, one way is through the webinar at the very end, there is a, you can set up a call, right? Um, for, for people who maybe they watched the webinar and they didn't set up a call. They're like, how do I set up a call without sitting through the webinar again? Um, it, they could go to uh, active duty, passive income slash CFA for cash flow accelerator, three letters CFA. And I have people, look, I have people reach out on Facebook and things like that. I'm happy to, I love answering questions. I love it when people bring, you know, my uncle said this is stupid because of X, right? I think those, yeah. those questions are, are massively important. I believe in this strategy for what we're doing. And I love to compare notes. I love to compare policies because I always tell people, if I find another, say we have used a couple companies, if I find another company that's better, look, we're going to go to them because we're looking for 
the best policy. And real quick, I'll just, when ADPI reached out to me, I used to do videos like, like this, just talking about it. I wasn't an agent, the CEO marketing and, and things like that. They saw my videos and they're like, Hey, we want to, we want to maybe provide this for our members and stuff like that. We talked about it and I was, you know, I was very um, upfront that, look, I'm, I don't really want to be an agent, but I'd have to be obviously to do this because it is regulated. And I, you know, I'm like, I will never write anything that I would not write for myself. And I say, write, create a policy. I won't create a policy for you. And then for me, it's like better and stuff because, and and I said, that's one thing. And, and I said, I'm not going to use like IULs and there's some other policies I do not believe in whole other topic. And then also I said, look, the way we do it per policy, we're going to make less money. There is commissions guys. It's baked in. I'm happy to go over that with whoever, but per policy, we're going to make less money because we're optimizing it for the client. That means we make less money because the way we optimize it, the chunk that does go to the insurance company for kind of costs up front is much smaller. Yeah. Which is huge because some the average life insurance company, we'd have to do five policies to equal their one that's a horrible, horrendous policy for their client. Yeah. And so our goal is to let people know this, to get people in, tell your friends, and we will go head to head with anyone out there as far as what we're doing. And I'm bold enough to say that because I, I definitely believe in the product. I've been around this industry since... 2015. I've talked to so many agents. I've, I've gone through the the rigmarole comparisons and every you know I've I've done a lot of stuff as a client, but now I'm on the insurance side, so I can make sure we're still optimized. I can, you know, I'm on both sides of this thing now. So yeah, yeah, that's that's absolutely true. And and you know, it's just another one, another example of what ADPI is all about. We're about our community. We are about our members. Because we are our members. We are military. We are veterans. We are investors. So we're going to create the best damn products that only we would use for our members. It's really simple. Um, and we get so many haters all the time coming in and <laughs> saying things like, oh, you're making money. It's a business. Uh, it's such a ripoff and all this stuff. And I, I was like, I mean, yeah, it's a business, but like, it's not like, you know, <sighs> we we have so many different irons and so many different fires that we don't need to create a crappy insurance policy to make money to keep the lights on over at ADPI. It doesn't work like that. Right. Like right. that's, and, and oh, by the way, we're all real estate investors. So we're all pretty good. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's not like, it's not like. I tell people that all the time. I'm like, I'm a real, like I'm a, I've been a full-time real estate investor. Like I don't have to do this. Yeah, like, and, and maybe, I'll do this as long as I want to do this. And and one day we won't be doing this. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. so our, our goal is to help people and um, it's not, not everyone's going to want our cheeseburger. There you go. You know? It's kind of, <laughs> <laughs> well, I do Derek. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, I think it's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's pretty good. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, guys, if you're listening to this again, um, uh, two things you can do right away. One, activitypassiveincome.com slash resources, watch the cash flow accelerator course. Or if you just want to get connected and you don't want to go through the webinar, maybe you watched it already or you have a good grasp on this information, what you can do is go to activitypassiveincome.com slash CFA, Charlie Foxtrot Alpha. 
and that will take you pretty much to like the 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 form like you pull it up on your phone right now it takes you to the form where you can go put your information in and boom you'll get you know you'll be able to get in touch with with Derek and and the team um so have that phone call open up your personal books and say hey do i have 300 1000 5000 dollars you know whether it's 300 a month or 5000 a year or whatever you have to go and, and make this thing work and get this started for myself, my family, my legacy. And oh, by the way, it's something that's going to help me grow my investments. I mean, if it sounds like a win-win right now, it's probably because it is. So what's a 15-minute conversation have for you? I mean, go and, you know, you know, I don't know, you listen to this podcast. So <laughs> I would say go ahead and take the plunge. What's another 15 minutes? Or, or if you want to research, look, <laughs> yeah, go, yeah, re- go research the topic, go, go to the Facebook group and uh, hashtag... Cashflow oh, Accelerator, hashtag Bankonomics, because I'll post things from time to time and I'll throw some hashtags in there. So it's case studies to find later. and all kinds of good stuff. Yeah. Um, awesome, Derek. Well, I really appreciate your time as always, man. Um, it's uh, we, we we see you, you know, we're on meetings all the time together to run the company. And then it's like, hey, we should get on. We should have you talk to other people. <laughs> Let's get out of yeah, Zoom yeah, yeah. and on to the podcast. <laughs> uh, so, hey, man, yeah. I appreciate it. And um, it's been great. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll. See you next time. I'm sure there's going to be another one of these because I already have more questions, but we're out of time. Yeah, (laughs) I love it. Anytime, anytime. All right. Thanks for having me on. I'll see you, man. Take care. Another amazing episode in the books. Thanks so much to our special guest and thank you for listening. Don't forget to tap the subscribe button now to make sure you don't miss an episode or head over to our website at www.activedutypassiveincome.com to grab all of our free resources and discover how you can get started on your financial freedom journey today.